with that, if you go in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, we're going to look at verses 18 through to 26. It's going to be your text tonight, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and read. If you don't have your Bible or your smartphone, it's on the screen behind me, and, uh, and we're going to dig in. Matthew chapter 9, verses, uh, verse 18 to 26, and it says this. While he was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will Live. Come on, how many of you know as a parent, this is a father now, uh, being father's death, this is a great story to read, but come on, how many of you know as a parent, that would probably be the worst moment that you would ever face? The death or supposed death of, of your child. And this is the situation that we're thrown into right here in Matthew chapter 9. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. Jesus was on mission now. He's, he's going to deal with this situation. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years. In other words, she was on her menstrual cycle for 12 years, all right? And I'm just teaching you the Bible. That's, that's actually what we know of her issue. Um, scholars would believe that. Um, uh, theologians, as we look at this, this is the best uh, scenario for us to understand. And she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, for she said to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Verse 22, Jesus turned and seeing her said, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made, made well. Now, how many of you at this moment in time, if you were the father who had just lost his daughter, how many of you would be frustrated at Jesus? Because he's supposed to be going to your situation and he's now stopped and dealt with a whole other situation. Jesus was on mission to deal with this, the death of this daughter, but in the midst of his journey, he finds himself distracted from, uh, from everything that he was supposed to be doing by this other woman, and he heals her. He, he begins and makes this miracle happen with this other person. At this moment, if, you, if you're me, I'm looking at Jesus going, come on, man, the time's ticking here. I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little worried about some stuff that's going on here. I've got some stuff that needs to be taken care of. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, it was, it was common in those times when there was a death or a, or a situation like this, the community along with family and friends would join in this moment of communal weeping and they would cry and they would play music and they would mourn out out loud. It was a very verbose moment. It was loud. It was, uh, in many ways, it was dark. And this is what was happening because the family, the friends, the community, the township that this ruler was, was in had settled the fact that this young girl had died. But I love Jesus because he interrupts the situation. Watch what he said. He said, go away. That's, you don't say that when you show up to a funeral procession. Just saying, right? He says, go away. For the girl is not dead, but but sleeping, and watch the crowd's reaction. And they laughed at him. And when the crowd had been put outside, finally they corralled the crowd, they said, get out of here, we gotta, we gotta deal with some stuff. He went in and took her by the hand and the girl arose. And the report of this went through all that district. This morning as we continue on in this series, That's Life, I wanna speak to you from the subject bold as we deal with the issue of facing life with a degree of boldness. Will you pray with me tonight? Father, we thank you tonight that we have the ability to gaze upon your grace, that we've experienced your presence in this place, that we know that you are with us. As we've worshiped, as we hang out, as we fellowship, God, we know that you, your word says that where two or three are gathered, you are in their midst. And so I pray tonight that we would know your presence, that we would experience your presence. And as we read your word tonight, as we dig in deep, God, as we study this issue of boldness, I pray tonight that you would give every single one of us just a greater measure, a new measure of boldness 
in our lives. I thank you for every single person that is in here tonight. I thank you that they could be in a million and one other places, but they chose to be in your house tonight. So we love you. We worship you. I pray that you bless this time as we read your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and everybody shouted. Amen. Amen. I think um, as I was growing up, boldness was something that um, for for intents and purposes, was really modeled to me by my dad. My dad was here in the, in the 9 a.m. service. I always looked up to my dad, um, especially as a young kid, because he would always tell us these amazing stories of his time in the armed forces. He was in the Navy. He was in there for about 20-plus years, and then he retired. He did two tours in the, in the Gulf. He was a SEER instructor. He did a, some amazing things, and so he would always tell me stories, uh, amazing stories of his, of his time when he would uh, do SEER instructing and training, and he'd have guys out in the middle of nowhere learning to survive, and, and his time in, in battle or in war at the Gulf, and all this other stuff. And so I always saw my dad as a bold man. He taught me to, to fish and to camp and to do manly things. He taught me all those things and so I always looked at my dad and and looked at him as as a person who was bold and as he would tell me stories, moments that he was injured and the experiences that he would have in life, I was like, that's a bold, bold man. And I don't know if you're with me, but, uh, and maybe you would agree with this statement, but in the generation that we live in now, I'm fearful that boldness is starting to decline. That more so than ever we quantify things and we put mathematics to it and we've given ourselves in in a way to a life that is better suited for, for safety. Come on, how many of you would agree with me that for most of us, the pursuit of safety has a tendency to be our greater course than rather the pursuit of a bold life, right? We work on our 401ks maybe or moving forward in our jobs or, or finding what makes us comfortable in life. But I want to submit to us this evening that a God-shaped life, a life that grabs the attention of our Heavenly Father is a life that is cloaked in boldness. It's a life that's not safe. It's, not a, it's a life that's not quantified and doesn't have numerics to it. It's a life that is out there going for it, believing God for the greatest of things. It's boldness. And I believe it's something that we're losing in our generation. And so if I have any type of say in this church, I want to make sure that I teach us to be the type of people that live a bold type of life. I don't know about you, but I want to live a bold type of, type of life. I want, to, I want to enjoy my life, but I don't want a safe life. Come on. I, don't, I hope that we didn't wake up today and go, you know what, I think a safe life would be a good life today. But rather, I, I pray that we're the type of people that, especially as we hear and we, we discuss this today, that we're the type of people that pursue living a bold life. We have to realize that in order to step into everything that God has for us, as a community of people, as a church, as individuals, as families, as singles, as young adults and young professionals and men and, and women and parents and spouses, to step into everything that God has for us, it's going to take a great degree of, come on everybody, shout boldness. In order to impact a city with the life-changing message of the gospel, it's going to take boldness. And boldness is an attribute that is present throughout the Bible as you look at many people who are used by God in all kinds of different ways. I mean, think about it. Pastor Justin talked about David just a few weeks ago. Come on, how many of you know it took some boldness to step before a giant and go to war? I love the prayer that, they, or that, that Joshua makes as he's in a moment of battle and he prays this. He says, God, would you make the sun stand still over Gibeon just so I have a few more moments to beat some people up? 
That's all he wanted. But come on, how many of you know that's a pretty, that's a pretty bold prayer? The son just hangs there for just a little bit longer. God actually answers his prayer. I love that. Come on, how many of you know it takes boldness to go to the cross the way that Jesus did? It takes boldness to be a disciple of Jesus and to step into new moments. It's, it takes boldness for the disciples in the book of Acts to march forward in this thing known as the church to pursue something that was in the heart of God that Jesus said he would build and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Come on, somebody. It takes boldness to live a God-sized life. And so tonight, I want to deal with this issue of boldness. See, it's in the presence of boldness. It's the presence of boldness that enables us to step out when everything inside of us says step back. Come on, someone needs to hear that tonight. It's the presence of boldness that enables us to step out when everything inside of us says to step back. Come on, let, let's do a little therapy in the house tonight. How many of you ever had a moment where you knew you needed to step forward, but there was a lot of stuff pushing you back to this place where you felt like stepping back? Right, come on, you ever been there before? Try planting a church. You will quickly step back. <laughs> There's been a lot of moments in my life over the past five years, 10 years, uh, 15 years of ministry now where there, there have been moments where I just want to step back. I don't want to do it today. I don't want to keep on pushing. But then there's this dream in my heart, this God-sized dream in my heart to keep on pushing into what God has. And many times I just want to step back, but boldness says I've got to step forward no matter what I'm facing we got to step forward. Someone once said, he is the best man who, when making his plans, fears and reflects on everything that can happen to him. But in the moment of action is bold. The moment of action is, is bold. I got to spend some time in the mountains this, this week with some really good friends of mine. And it was a, it was a cool moment. Um, take some time to just pause and reflect and, and be out in the woods and kind of gear myself up for the journey ahead of us, baby due in, in August, and so this is the only time that we're going to get a little reprieve for the next little while, and, and uh, all the guys, I, I kind of, I have a tendency to get a little imaginative, and so all the guys around me were complete knuckleheads, and they kept on scaring me with bear stories, right? Because I actually literally think that a bear is going to come and maul me in the middle of the night, like, that, that's my idea. And bears don't, that's not their behavior. It's not like they stroll up on a tent and be like, hey, let's go gangster on that guy and just eat him. Like, they don't do that, Right? But in my mind, the first, the first night, I didn't get any sleep whatsoever because there would be a branch that would break outside, the wind would blow a certain way, the tent would shuffle, and I thought for sure that the revenant was about to take place. <laughs> but I kept going, right? And then, and then finally, uh, Mike, a good friend of mine, he's, he's sitting over, he was, he was with me. And so we were standing by the lake and this old salty guy who was from Orem came up to us and he was talking. And there was this place that him and I were fishing, this little cove. And he walks over to us and he goes, hey, did you know that cove over there? Like, that's actually where a, beer, a bear is resident. Like, that's his home. He lives there. And we see him all the time. He comes down right here to where you guys are camping to eat fish. I was like, I hate you. But I still... We still did it. We still hung out and we did the thing. And I think in life sometimes, man, life's a lot like that. We can get to this place where we're, we're, we believe these bear stories. Come on. 
We think life's going to come at us a certain way, and situation's going to come at us a certain way, and it's actually not, but because of the way we perceive it, and the way we think about it, and the way we design it in our head and in our heart, we have a tendency to step back, but I want to encourage us tonight, come on, I want to encourage us tonight, we can't step back, we can't be the people who step back, we got to keep on pursuing everything that God has for us, but it's going to take a measure of boldness, come on, it's going to take bold women to change this world, it's going to take bold men to change this world. World. The dictionary describes boldness as one who is fearless before danger, showing or requiring a fearless and daring spirit, standing out. And I believe that God has called and desires every single one of us to live a life of boldness. Listen to Proverbs 28, verse 1. It says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. As bold as a lion. And I believe that that's God's heart over your life. That's God's desire for your life, is to be as bold as a lion. And see, when we accept his free gift of grace and receive salvation, you and I are made right in the eyes of God. And it's that right standing that allows us to really walk in and be the person that God has truly created us to be. So tonight, I want to look at three ways I believe boldness enables us. Because right now, you may be saying, hey, like, that's awesome. I want to be bold. Boldness sounds sounds good, but we need to know what then happens in our life. We need to know what boldness does to our lives. We need to know how it enables us, and that's what I want to deal with for the next little while, but I need you to help me out tonight, so can you shout number one for me? Number one, the first thing we need to understand is that boldness enables you to ask what no one else will ask for. Boldness enables you to ask what no one else will ask for. I love, let's go back to our story in Matthew. I love the Father's passion and heart. I want you to get kind of the duality of this, of this scenario that we find ourselves. We know that his township, the place that he reside, we know that his family, his friends, and everybody around are mourning the death of his daughter. They are shouting, they are weeping, they are playing the music that is accustomed to it. So we know that they had in their moment and in their heart solidified the fact that this young girl was dead. But the passion of a father rises up. The boldness of a father rises up. I want you to put yourself in this man's shoes for a second because if it was me, I'd be doing everything in, within my power, within my jurisdiction to make sure that my daughter, who had just died, had everything possible before her. And the only moment, the only thing that this father had was Jesus. That was it. He didn't have a doctor. He didn't have anything else. He had Jesus. So he knew in this moment that the only thing that he could possibly do is stand before Jesus and ask the unreasonable. Jesus, come touch my daughter so that she would rise again. Think about that. What was the last time you asked God for something ridiculous? Now I'm not talking like a car, like a million dollars or a six pack, Okay. Because he doesn't answer that prayer. I pray it all the time. It doesn't work. <laughs> right? And I think often, come on, it's amazing how much our biblical concept has been masked by American ideology. That we ask God for things that he's like, why are you asking me for this? Come on, can you ask me for something bigger? I'll never forget, when we first moved here about five, five and a bit years ago, Eric and I were driving the, the, the Wasatch 
uh, back road. And we came to that moment where you can see over the entire city, you know what I'm talking about, and the view is just immaculate, it's gorgeous. And we're, we're driving, and this was like a reconnaissance mission that we were on. We're trying to figure out where we're going to plant the church and, and everything like that. And we're getting excited, and there's this dream in this, in this couple's heart, and we're trying to figure it all out, and I'm praying, God, like, just, just settle, like, pinpoint, please. Like, tell me exactly where we're going we're gonna to plant this thing. And I'll never forget it. We were driving, and as we were driving, it was a cloudy day, and there's this portion of the clouds that opened up, and the sun started to come through it. And I wish I could say like it pinpointed Sandy and then God spoke and he's like, I want you in Sandy at like 9400 South 802 East. That would be fantastic. He didn't do that. But the sun shone over the valley and it created this beautiful picture. And it was in that moment that I whispered something to God. I said, God, I want this city. I want this city. Now I know that's presumptuous at best. But then the Bible tells us that God's actually designed us to ask for bigger than that. He said, ask for the nations and I'll give them to you. Ask for the nations. It's amazing how many times we limit our ask. Think about that. If you're taking notes tonight, write that down. When was the last time you limited your ask? You've got to get your ask in the right position. <laughs> Just putting it out there for you. <laughs> Boldness enables you to ask what no one else will ask for. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And it's amazing that God is trying to position us, get us to a place where we're starting to align our ask with what he's already worked out in the beforehand. Think about that. That God actually has plans and purposes for you that are greater than what you even realize sometimes. And we limit our ask. We limit the way that we perceive God's greatness. And I'm, I'm hopefully calling every single one of us tonight to a place where it's like, man, I don't want to limit my ask anymore. I want to ask for the nations. I want to ask for the grandeur that God has the ability to perform in. I want to ask that the dead would be raised and the sick would be healed and the lame would walk and the blind would see that freedom would be brought to the captives, that people would find hope when they're hopeless that they would find wholeness when they're broken come on somebody that's a big ask and that's the type of people that God has called us to be it's the type of church he's called us to be so the first thing that we need to understand about boldness is that it enables us to ask what no one else will ask for you ever realize that kids are like the boldest little things on the planet they've got like no filter they'll ask for whatever they want right They'll just ask for the craziest of things. And it's simple in their mind. Like, even when my kids just ask, like, for cookies for breakfast, they know that that's a really big deal. Like, to have a cookie for breakfast, but they've got this childlike faith. So, like, yeah, maybe dad will do it. And then occasionally we acquiesce. Yeah, sure, go for it. <laughs> have a cookie. Right? Last night we were sitting at my parents-in-law's house, and my, my kids came up, and we had a cake. We were celebrating my brother-in-law's birthday and there was frosting around the rim the edge of it and so mom said hey no, no no more sugar nothing else and sure enough my daughter turns to her grandmother and asks the very same question as if she was more powerful than we are and said hey can I have some and grandma's like yeah sure go for it and I was like well, wait a second, we've got we've to cut something out here. But there was some boldness in my daughter. My, my daughter was like looking at mom, and mom's like, oh, somebody's about to get cut right now. And so, <laughs> right? But I love the boldness of my daughter. And of course, my son followed suit, and he's like, well, hey, let's just take mom and dad out of the picture, right? 
But I think sometimes we've got to have that type, of, that type of view on life. We need to be able to go to God and ask for things. But again, we've got to make sure that we're asking for the right things. I'm not talking about asking for God to, to, to do all the things that we want him to, like he's our genie in a bottle. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that God is our God and that he knows the greatest things about you, the most minute details about you, so he knows what you need. And we bring to him our petitions and our desires based not out of our selfish needs, but rather the desire to see his name glorified in the generation that we live. Come on, every shot number two for me. Number two, the second thing we need to understand about boldness is boldness enables you to confront what you cannot correct. Come on, think about that. Boldness enables you to confront what you cannot correct. Show of hands, how many of you have ever found yourself in a situation, no lying, no judgment in here, but show of hands, how many of you have ever found yourself in a situation where it was physically impossible for you to correct it? Like you just, you have no power to do it. Like you cannot fix that situation. I remember, um, if you haven't had the ability, check it out. Online on our website, there's this portion that says uh, 2016 at a glance. It's our online published magazine, and we took a lot of time this year to, um, as we're moving into our motion offering and different moments of the, uh, celebrating our, our four years as a church, um, we published this magazine, and it told all these stories and these cool moments from, from 2016, and I'll never forget a family who attends church here. Uh, their daughter was diagnosed with a severe heart issue. And in this moment, the church gathered around them. They put in a prayer request one day, and they said, hey, we've got to go to the doctor um, up at the, the, children's, uh, the children's hospital at the U and start this process of figuring out what is wrong with our daughter's, our daughter's heart. At first, it's a hole in the heart, and then it's different complications, and it's starting to build. Come on, have you ever been to the doctor before, and they tell you one thing, and then all of a sudden, it's like a lot bigger, a lot bigger, a lot bigger, and you're like, doc, am I dying? Like, what's the deal here, right? And so this is what's happening with this little girl. And the, the, the progression of it is getting worse, and so now they're starting to freak out. So we get the prayer request one day, and the family's sitting over here, and so we pray. And we prayed for them, and we prayed for them. They were going to the doctors that week, and so they came back the following week, and another prayer request was in, 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 uh, came in in the morning. So, and we got the prayer request, and of course we're bummed out, because we're like, man, God, can't you do the miraculous? And so we prayed again, but we got, we got even more stern. And I remember the church gathered around them. There's people over here. They're sitting over here, laying hands on them. The church is stretching hands towards them, and we're praying. And Erica was praying, and she said something that, was, that I think resonated with everybody. It said, man, I pray that the doctors are dumbfounded at this situation next time they came in. And so, of course, that week they had a line of testing, and they went in, and all the doctors, some of the best doctors in the nation, show up on this case and they're standing in the doctor's office, and the doctor's come in, and they're looking at everything, and they literally said these exact words, we are dumbfounded because we have no idea where the issue that her heart has gone. It is gone. There is no surgery that's going to be needed. There is nothing, no medication. It is a perfectly healthy heart. Boldness enables you to confront what you cannot correct. And there was this moment that this young family had to confront something that they had no possibility to correct. And their little daughter, I'll never forget it, the weekend that they put in the, the praise report, little daughter sitting on his shoulders and worship was going. We're bawling in the front row because this little girl, how old is she? Two? She's got her hands raised to heaven singing during worship. And I'm thinking about this little two-year-old praising God in a way that many of us still have issue with. Come on, don't get quiet on me tonight. 
Here's the deal. Boldness enables you to confront what you cannot correct. And there's going to be times that we cannot correct things. It's not humanly possible. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 gives us great hope. It says, since we have such a hope, this hope that we have in Jesus, we are very bold. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 6 through 7, for we are always of good courage. We know that while we are not at home in body, we are away from the Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight. It means that we're going to see things that don't make sense, that don't add up, but there's going to be a moment in time where we got to confront what we cannot fix, knowing that God is the only one that has the ability to correct it. He's the only one that has the ability to change things. And so many times we look at the circumstances of life and we allow them to dictate our response. But oh, to be the church that didn't allow circumstance to dictate my response, but rather to allow God to dictate my response. Understanding that I may not be able to fix it, but I serve a God in heaven who has the ability to fix anything. That I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. So the second thing we need to understand about boldness is that it enables us to confront what we cannot correct. Come on, someone shout number three for me. And the last one is this. Boldness enables us to persevere in the midst of pushback. Boldness enables us to persevere in the midst of pushback. Come on, show of hands. Anybody ever had pushback before? <laughs> you, ever, you ever gone for something and you got pushback? I'll never forget when we first started getting ready to plant this church, the pushback that we got. People would say, really, Utah? Like you want to go, like you could go to a million other places. There was like one other place, it was Hawaii. We were hard pressed between Hawaii and Salt Lake and so we chose, not really. <laughs> but really, Utah, you want to go to Utah? People would push back. You could go a million and one other places. Why Utah? But there was this thing inside of us that said, no, we got to keep on persevering even though we're getting pushed back. And the times when the money was short and the things weren't working out and the leadership was thin and things were frustrating and it wasn't the going the way that we wanted to and you launch on, on opening day of snow day and 12 inches falls in the parking lot and it's just crazy, you got to keep on persevering. And some of us need to understand tonight that when our marriages are hurting and things are falling apart at the seams and the addiction's starting to rear its ugly head again and the frustration's coming back and the loneliness is coming back and the depression's coming back, we gotta keep persevering. We gotta keep pushing. We gotta keep believing that Jesus has a greater day ahead of us. Illustrate it this way. I love being a dad. This morning we were driving in, and I gotta be honest, like we did not celebrate Mother's Day very well due to busyness of life, and we didn't ce celebrate Father's Day really well. So we're driving in, and Erica, um, realizing that the kids hadn't really said Happy Father's Day, and she had kind of like forgotten it as well, and, and I'm not throwing it underneath the bus, it's just the way that it was, and so she quickly uh, leaned back to the kids, and she's like, kids, uh, t tell your dad what you like about him. <laughs> <laughs> It was awesome. <laughs> Just a quick, make up something. <laughs> so, so Shiloh goes, well, I love that my dad's a pastor. That's what, that's what she said. It's like awesome. And then my boy's like, yeah, I love that my dad's a great wrestler with me. That's what, that's what he says. So I wrestle, I wrestle with him all the time. And it's something I've always dreamed about, to wrestle with my, my son. My daughter's actually the more aggressive one, so um, I end up wrestling her more than I do my son. He just watches and says, Shiloh, get dad. <laughs> but I love wrestling with my boy, and I, I remember the first time I, I pulled a move on my son that every dad dreams of 
of pulling on their son and it's when he's coming at you and you stiff arm his head. You know what I'm talking about? You don't quite put him to the ground, but you have a big enough hand at that point to just hold him there. And he's coming at you and he's like swinging like this and he's like still going. I'm like, when are you going to stop? And he's like, never, right? And that, that's like some of my fondest memories of wrestling with my, my son. And so he would stop and he would push back like he'd come backwards a little bit and he'd come at me again. And I'd hold his head and he'd start swinging again. And we would do this like just repeatedly. And I was like, when are you going to stop? And I realized something. And maybe, maybe you would recognize this as well for kids in general. How many of you would say that their perseverance level on a scale of 1 to 10 is at like 11? Right? They keep on going. They're relentless. They will not stop. Here's what I want to submit to us tonight. That we are actually designed to persevere. That the God in heaven, within our DNA, within our spiritual DNA, God has designed us to persevere. The Bible talks explicitly about perseverance a lot, moment after moment. If you read Paul's letters, he talks about perseverance. In the next few weeks, we're going to launch into our summer study, a book study on the book of James. James is going to talk about perseverance. Why? Because we are literally wired to persevere. But then something happens. We grow up and we mature. You ever notice that the ability to persevere starts to wane as we mature? As our, as our childlike faith drops, our ability to persevere drops. But then all of a sudden, trial-like faith starts to come up again when we start exercising our faith and believing God for greater things. And all of a sudden, our ability to persevere goes up. And I watch kids, as I watch children, I realize, man, we are inherently wired to persevere. And we need to understand something, is that boldness, boldness enables you to persevere in the midst of pushback. You're always going to get a little pushback. Oh. <laughs> Stay with it, brother. Stay with it. <laughs> you're always going to get a little pushback. When you dream big dreams and you go for stuff, you're going to going to have some pushback. When the enemy comes at you like a freight train, here's my question, where's your boldness level at? Because he's going to come in, man, when you pursue what God has for you, he's going to come in like a freight train. Gigantic target on your back. When you give everything that you are to God and you persevere and you push through even though there's pushback, you start to see the things that are in the heart of God. I love reading the book of Acts. The book of Acts is about a bunch of people who decided to persevere in the midst of persecution. Who decided to persevere in the midst of pushback when it didn't add up and it couldn't be quantified and God was doing amazing things. They decided to persevere. I want to ask you this question tonight. Maybe if you're taking notes, I would love for you to write it down and let it haunt you this week. Yes, I said that. What am I having to persevere through? Where is it that God is asking me to persevere? Where is it and what is it that God is asking me to push through even though it feels like it's pushing back? Because I'll tell you what, there's moments in life we're all going to, this series, that's life. That you're going to have pushback. But boldness enables us to persevere when everything seems like it's pushing back on us. I don't know about you, but I want to be the type of person that keeps on pushing, 
keeps on believing, keeps on dreaming, keeps on going after. Man, there are days that I want to give up. Come on, if I can be honest in here, there are days as a pastor that I don't want to show up. I don't want to do this. I don't want to write another message. I don't want to believe for another great thing. Like, God, haven't we come far enough? But last time I checked, he is the God that put the stars in the sky. He separated the land from the water. He is an audacious, big, bold God. And when he dreams big dreams, amazing things happen. And he's put something inside of us. He's declared a word inside every single one of us that is attached to his heart. He says, go for it. Persevere. Believe big. When his kids grab a hold of that heart, that is how we change the world. That is how the unimaginable comes to fruition. And it's all made possible because we serve a God that with his word holds the universe in suspension. That is the God that we serve. He drifts the wind through the trees with his breath. He puts into motion the universe with his command. And it's with his heart that he gave the greatest gift ever given, his son Jesus. So that you and I would find a life that could not exist outside of him. And it's in that. And it's because of Jesus that Hebrews tells us this, that we can come boldly to his throne of grace, that we might receive grace and mercy in our greatest time of need with boldness because of the boldness that was performed by God himself as he sent his one and only son, Jesus, for you and for me. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me tonight?